You're listening to the Touch Em Up Podcast. I'm your host, Double M, and on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down the brackets for the 2020 NXT Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, as well as giving you my top 20 fights that the UFC should make going into 2020. So without any further ado, let's get this started and step into the ring. All right, guys, how's everybody doing tonight? Like I said, it's going to be a mix of WWE and UFC on the podcast today. We have a lot to cover, so we're going to try to get this out as quickly as possible. First off, let's start out with the brackets that got released for the WWE NXT Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Um, This is always one of my favorite things NXT does. You know, they've only brought it back the past two years, and then I believe maybe it was gone for a year or two, but they ended up bringing it back, like I said, Last year, it was won by Aleister Black and Ricochet, which uh, ended up defeating the Forgotten Sons on NXT to win the trophy and then got a chance at the Viking Raiders in that amazing match at uh, NXT TakeOver New York. And this Tag Team Classic looks like, honestly, one of the best tournaments that NXT has done for this Tag Team Classic. It's a mix of tag teams from NXT and NXT UK, and uh, there's a lot to go over. So let's start it out with the first-round matches. We have Imperium, which is Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner versus the pairing of the Forgotten Sons. And then we've got the team of Broserweight, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Then we've got the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Kushida and a mystery partner. And then Gallus versus Undisputed Era's teaming of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Um, the, yeah, this looks like an amazing first round match, first round of matches. You know, uh, w- if I wanted to pick who I think is going to win the tournament or who I would have win the tournament is probably uh, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn. I think they should definitely win the tournament. And if not them, then give it to Kushida and his mystery partner. But, you know, usually if there's a mystery partner in something or like a mystery uh, member, that team always ends up winning or that person in general. So... I could see them doing that too. But uh, with the first match, Imperium, Marcel Barthel, and Fabian Eichner. Fabian Eichner is a fantastic performer in the ring, and so is Marcel Barthel. That team together is amazing, and Imperium together. You know, I haven't watched a lot of NXT UK. I will watch their next takeover, which I believe is on January. I can't think of the date. Is it like the 26th? I think it's right around. No, no, the, the World's Collide Tournament is right on the Royal Rumble weekend. I believe it's that Saturday before the Royal Rumble on Sunday on the 26th. So let's see. uh, Let's see NXT TakeOver UK because I can get the date right from here. Um, Here we go. Let's see. Sorry, guys. I just want to get the date right. I know it's coming up real soon. Um, yeah, so it's actually on Sunday, January 12th, and it's at like 12 o'clock, one in the afternoon, and uh, there's some good matches on there, but yeah, like I said, I haven't watched a lot of NXT UK, but this match in the first round should be great. You know, I'm not a fan of the Forgotten Sons. I honestly never have been. They've never done anything for me. I just, I think they're kind of stale and a little bland in the ring, so I expect Imperium to get the win here, and they definitely should get the win. Um, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner, like I said, I think they're great in the ring from what I've seen, even though it hasn't been that much. So yeah, I would pick Imperium to get this win first. Up next, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. This is going to be great. Matt Riddle and Dunn 
as a tag team, I don't believe we've seen it. They might have had a like a match at like a, high sh- a house show or something, but I don't remember seeing them ever compete in a tag team together. And Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, they're really good as a tag team. I remember they were in that. It was either a triple threat or a fatal four-way match for the NXT UK tag team titles. And um, I believe Grizzled Young Veterans ended up winning, but... That's you know this is going to be probably the match of the tournament. If I had to pick a match of the tournament for the first round, it's definitely Riddle and Dunn versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. I would pick Riddle and Dunn to get the win here. I think that they most likely are going to look to do NXT versus NXT UK, and then in the finals it would be NXT versus NXT UK again. But yeah, I think Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn should get that win. So then for the second round it would be. Imperium, Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Eichner versus Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, the team of the Broserweights. Up next, Grizzled Young Veterans versus Kushida and a mystery partner. This is a tough one because the question really is who's going to be the mystery partner for Kushida. Is it? I think Velveteen Dream would be a good decision. I mean, I don't see them really working as that well as a team together. But if I had to go out on a limb, I'm actually going to go out and say that Alex Shelley is going to be his... Uh, is going to be his mystery partner. You know, we haven't seen Chris Saban or Alex Shelley at all, but they have been in talks. Like, I believe they've been at the Performance Center. I, I know Chris Saban was a guest coach, and I think Alex Shelley was as well. So I could see Kushida and Alex Shelley teaming up. I They did team up in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I believe they were the, called the Time Splitters. If I'm wrong, you know, forgive me. I But that's the name that comes to mind. So maybe the Time Splitters versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. Um, yeah, and Grizzled Young Veterans are good as a tag team, too. This is just a great uh, tournament, but I would go with Kushida and his mystery partner to get the win here. Up next, the final match of the first round, Gallus versus Fish and O'Reilly of the Undisputed Era. Uh, I'm going to go with the Undisputed Era here. I just don't see them losing a first-round match. I honestly see them making it to the finals. I think that's probably the best option. Uh, is to get the Undisputed Era in the finals. It'll make the tournament seem, you know, more important and make it seem bigger if the Undisputed Era gets to the finals. But if Gallus knocks off Undisputed Era, and Gallus is going to be a team of, uh, I believe it's Joe Kofi and uh, one other guy. I don't know who the other guy is, but these are all fantastic teams, and this is an amazing first round. But yeah, if if it goes how I said it would go, then it would be uh, Imperium versus Riddle and Dunn. And then Kushida and a mystery partner versus the Undisputed Era. Again, that wouldn't really go 100% with the NXT versus NXT UK carrying out throughout the entire tournament. But I think that would be your best option to get the best matches you can out of the tournament for the next round. Then I would say um, have Riddle and Dunn beat Imperium. I mean, honestly, that would be my pick to win the tournament would be Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn. So it would be Riddle and Dunn beating Imperium. And then let's do Kushida and a mystery partner. Or let's do Undisputed Era beating Kushida and a mystery partner. So then the finals would be Matt Riddle and and Pete Dunn versus the Undisputed Era at probably the next takeover, which I believe is in February, around like February 20-something. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think Undisputed Era versus Riddle and Dunn. For the tag team titles, or for the the end of the uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, would be the best option to go. If not, then do uh, maybe Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews versus Undisputed Era. I think that's a good option as well. 
Um, another thing, but honestly, I can't wait to uh, see this tournament, and I think they have a lot to offer. This is probably going to be your best Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic to date, and I, I can't wait. I believe it starts this upcoming Wednesday on NXT TV. Up next, John Morrison made his return on SmackDown Live, and he was in the Miz's locker room. Um, one of the backstage uh, interviewers knocked on the door and opened it, and out came John Morrison. So it looks like Miz and Morrison will be together as a team on SmackDown Live, and I couldn't be happier. I would much rather see Morrison work as a singles guy right out of the right out of the gate with his return. But if it can't be that, the next best option would be Miz and Morrison reuniting. I think them together as a team now with how much better they've gotten over the past few years is uh, just amazing to see. And if you add that to the tag team division, you got guys like the New Day, um, Miz and Morrison. Uh, who else is on SmackDown Live for the tag team division? The, you did have Cesaro and Sheamus, but that doesn't look like that's happening anymore. You got Nakamura and Cesaro. You've got uh, Mustafa Ali and Chad Gable. There's just a lot to offer with that SmackDown Live tag team division. It's not the greatest. Um, I honestly, like I said on my pa my previous episode when I broke down my projections for 2020, um, the best thing to do, I think, would be to combine the tag team titles between both shows and have the champions have to go back and forth and defend and be the best tag team in WWE, not just the best tag team on Raw or SmackDown. But yeah, I can't wait. Most likely, 100%, he's going to be in the Rumble. We already figured that would happen. And yeah, I can't wait to see it. So Miz and Morrison back together as a team. Um, hopefully, they bring back the dirt sheet. If you guys remember their old uh, internet show that used to be on WWE.com and on WWE's YouTube channel. I would love to see the dirt sheet come back, and I think that they could do amazing work as a team. And yeah, I'm excited for Morrison to be back. Up next, it's a little announcement from the UFC. We got a huge addition to UFC 248, and that's in the featherweight division. One of my favorites, well, actually, both of these guys are two of my favorite fighters. It's going to be the Boston finisher, Kelvin Cater, versus little heathen, Jeremy Stevens at UFC 248. This is a fantastic fight. One of the best fights you could make for both these guys. It makes perfect sense. I have a uh, list of my top 20 fights, which we're going to get into in a minute here. And I have a different fight for Kelvin Cater. But if I didn't do this fight, it would definitely be Kelvin Cater versus Jeremy Stevens. And UFC 248 looks really good. I mean, just by big fights alone, we've got possibly Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero for the middleweight championship. Joanna Yunjacek versus Weili Zhang for the strawweight championship. Now you've got Kelvin Cater versus Jeremy Little Heathen Stevens. You've got other fights like, uh, let's see if I can pull up some other fights that were teased for uh, UFC. I don't know where I got it. I got it on here somewhere. Hold on, guys. Let's see, let's see, let's see. We'll go document. Maybe it was on this one. Let's see. All right. No, I don't know where I wrote it down, but go back and listen to my previous podcast, and there's some other huge fights announced for UFC 248, and Cater versus Stevens is going to be great. I would lean towards Kelvin Cater in this one. I think his boxing is uh, too clean, and he's too much. Uh, I think he's too patient on the feet for a guy like Jeremy Stevens. But if Stevens cracks him, I could see him knocking him out without a doubt. But this is an amazing fight. 
really good for both guys. Obviously, both guys are coming off losses to Zabit Magomed Sharipov. So it's, it's a good fight for both of them. And uh, whoever wins this faults themselves right back up into top contender status in that featherweight division. Like I said, though, I'm going to lean towards Kelvin Cater here. I just think he's the cleaner striker. And I think that, uh, I think the calf kicks could be a problem. You know, we've saw Jeremy Stevens use calf kicks against Gilbert Melendez, and he's been using them more and more in his career. And uh, Kelvin Cater did have some trouble against Hanato Moicano at UFC 223 with uh, the leg kicks. So I could see Stevens landing some good leg kicks, trying to slow him down and then try to drop a bomb on him but and try to finish him, knock him out. But I'm not 100% sure. I would. I just think Kelvin Cater's too crisp, too clean, and uh, on the up and up of his career, not the downside. So I think that Kelvin Cater's going to get the job done here. But it's going to be an amazing fight. And like I said, it just adds more fuel to the fire. UFC 248 looks like a fantastic card from top to bottom so far. Now let's get to the main part of this podcast, which are going to be, which was uh, the top 20 fights the UFC should make in 2020. There's another fight on here for Kelvin Cater, like I said previously, but I could see this happening. And uh, yeah, so let's get it started. These aren't confirmed by any stretch of the imagination, but it's fights I think will happen or I think should happen in uh, all the divisions in the UFC. Let's start out with number one. Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa for the middleweight championship. This fight is probably what was supposed to happen at UFC 248, considering that Paulo Costa defeated Yoel Romero at UFC 241 via a unanimous decision. And uh, it was looking like Israel and Paulo Costa were going to have that matchup, like I said, at UFC 248. But it, it honestly, it didn't happen because Costa said he's got an injury. I don't know if it's that or some USADA failed drug test. We don't know. We probably will never find out. But I think we will get Israel versus Paulo Costa. I expect Israel to beat Yoel Romero. It's a dangerous matchup for both guys, as I've explained previously. But I just think that Israel is too crisp and too clean and uh, is able to get away from Paulo Costa and chip him away or uh, just pick him apart, kind of like what I expect him to do to Yoel Romero. But I'm excited for this fight. I think it's definitely going to happen probably around July or August for the UFC. And uh, yeah, that's my first fight. My next fight is in the lightweight division. It is Dustin the Diamond Poirier versus Justin Gaethje 2. Um, they've both already said that they're willing to fight as the co-main event, the backup for UFC 249, which is main evented by Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov. And knock on wood. If anybody falls out of that fight, you could give Dustin or Justin um, the fight for the title. But this is a fight I think that needs to happen. They're both in positions. Um, Justin Gaethje's on a win streak. Dustin Poirier lost his last fight, but he was on a huge streak before that. He lost to Habib. So I expect Justin versus Dustin, too, to happen. Poirier versus Gaethje was a fantastic fight the first time around. It was balls-to-the-wall action, just throwing bombs. Um, they didn't slow down, didn't even stop to take a breath for the whole, I believe it went four rounds and uh, Dustin finished it in the fourth round by landing that left hand when Justin tried to throw that inside leg kick, but it was a close fight for both guys. And uh, in a rematch, I would probably lean towards Justin Gaethje to get the win, but I'm excited. And this is a fight I think we definitely need to see in 2020. So hopefully at UFC 249, the co-main event can be Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier number two. Up next, a fight for uh, that I think should happen in some way down the line. We heard that Edson Barbosa is planning on making the drop down to 145 pounds. 
Um, I, I, I'm happy for him. I think he can make the weight. And I think that that's a more favorable weight class for him than 155 because there's not as many wrestlers in that 445 pound division. And that's what he seems to struggle with the most. Like guys like Kevin Lee, guys like Habib Nurmagomedov, guys like uh, Benil Dariush. He ended up finishing Benil, but anybody who's able to push you forward and pressure, push you back and try to wrestle you tends to tire Barbosa out. So I think Edson Barbosa versus Kelvin Cater in 2020 would be a great matchup. I think that would be a good fight to welcome Barbosa to the 145-pound division. It doesn't look like that's going to be his first fight, though, since we just said Kelvin Cater versus Jeremy Stevens is looking like it's going to happen, and it's almost 100% confirmed for UFC 248. So yeah, Kelvin Cater versus Edson Barbosa at 145, I think that's a fantastic fight to make. Up next in the lightweight division, number four. The number four fight I have is what I thought was going to be the main event for UFC Auckland, but they ended up going with Hooker versus Felder, which is another fantastic fight. It's the Motown phenom Kevin Lee versus Dan the Hangman Hooker. I think this was the best fight you could make for both guys. Kevin Lee obviously coming off that huge head kick knockout. Dan Hooker's coming off that finish of Ally Quinta at UFC 243. If Hooker's able to get past Paul Felder, which I would venture to say he's probably going to get past him, uh, I think Kevin Lee versus Dan Hooker at 155 is an amazing fight. It can line up one of your next contenders in that division. They're both top 10 talents, uh, top five, honestly, I believe. I believe they're one of the top five, both two of the top five, top seven, top eight guys in that lightweight division. And yeah, I think Kevin Lee versus Dan Hooker is a great fight. I know Kevin Lee's trying to get the fight with Islam Makachev at UFC 249, I believe. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see if they announce it, you know, later on in the upcoming weeks, coming months. But yeah, I think Kevin Lee versus Dan Hooker is an amazing fight. I talked about that previously when I said that's probably who he should have fought, like I said, in the main event of UFC Fight Night in Auckland on February 23rd. But yeah, let's go to the next fight. You, I've talked about this one too. Robert Whitaker versus Darren the Gorilla Till at 185. This fight doesn't look like it's going to be next for either guy because obviously Jared Cannonier is getting to fight Robert Whitaker at UFC 248. If Whitaker is able to get past that fight, which is a big if, you know, I think that's a dangerous fight for Whitaker, especially coming back after that knockout he suffered from Israel Adesanya not too far back in October, and he's going to be fighting in March. So November, December, January, February, March, that's five months. It's not, you know, the quickest turnaround, but he should have probably taken more time. Um, I don't know who Darren Till would get next, but uh, we'll, we'll obviously see, you know, later on down the line who he gets next. I expect a fight announcement for him pretty soon, but it's got to be somebody up there in the rankings. I mean, somebody said Till versus Jack Hermanson. I said I don't see Till taking that fight, but I guess we'll find out. I would expect Darren Till to get a fight announcement in the next, you know, month. Maybe two or three weeks, we'll have something for Darren Till. But yeah, Whitaker versus Till, that fight is amazing. I think that that should have been at UFC London. That could have been an easily been the main event, but we got uh, Tyron Woodley versus Leon Rocky Edwards, which is a fantastic stellar main event too. But Whitaker versus Till would just be amazing. You know, could Whitaker close the distance and land on Till's chin and take him out? Or would... Um, Darren Till be able to keep Whitaker at a distance and pick him apart and try to point fight and get a decision. Like I said, <coughs> I can't wait. And I hope that this fight happens. Number six 
I've got a fight for Habib Nurmagomedov. Obviously, he's taking on Tony Ferguson at UFC 249, but it's Habib Nurmagomedov versus Justin the Highlight Gaethje. Aside from Tony Ferguson, I think Justin Gaethje gives Khabib his toughest fight ever and is the most likely to beat him if your name is not Tony Ferguson. I think Khabib versus Gaethje would be trouble for Khabib because Gaethje's going to move forward, pressure you, push you back. He's got good enough wrestling, but is it good enough to stop Habib's takedowns, I would venture to say it is to stop a few of them, but will he be able to stop him, hurt him, and uh, finish him? But with the leg kicks and uh, just the wrestling and great wrestling from Justin Gaethje versus the uh, just smashing power and style of Habib Nurmagomedov, this is the best fight, probably the toughest fight to make for Habib and the toughest fight to make for Gaethje. So I think Habib Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje will happen in 2020, maybe November, October, November, somewhere around there. Maybe uh, MSG, we got Habib versus Gaethje, but I think that's a great fight for 155 pounds. I didn't put that it would be for the title because I don't know what's going to happen if Tony Ferguson ends up beating Habib. And if one of them pulls out, you know, knock on wood, maybe Gaethje versus Habib happens quicker than we think. But So number seven, I've got a fight in the welterweight division. It's Jeff Hansa Steel Neal versus Steven Wonderboy Thompson. This is an amazing fight. I think this is two of the best strikers you have in the 170-pound division, and uh, it would be interesting to see. You know, Jeff Neal's coming off that huge win over Mike Perry at UFC 245, and Steven Thompson's coming off a big win over Vicente Luque at UFC 244. So they're both in a position where I could see this fight happening. Neither of them have a fight currently booked. I think this is the best fight to make for both guys. It would be a striking dream match, a chess match, a battle of who could land on who and who can get out of the way of all their opponents' attacks. But Jeff Neal versus Jeff Hansa Steel Neal and Steven Wonderboy Thompson would be, like I said, a striking dream match. And I can't wait to see it. I hope we get it in 2020. And I have no idea who would win that fight, but that's a great fight too. Number eight. This is a fight more. I don't know if we're going to get it. It makes sense if Pettis wants to go back up to 170, but I don't know if that's the plan because he's got a fight with Diego Ferreira at UFC 246, which is, I believe, the first or second fight on the main card of the Cowboy versus McGregor fight. But I've got Anthony Showtime Pettis versus Ruthless Robbie Lawler. Come on, guys. Do I even have to say any more about this fight? Pettis and Lawler were two of the best guys when they were at the top. In the division, Pettis was a former lightweight champion. Robbie Lawler, the former welterweight champion. And uh, it they've both, obviously, their stock's taken a bit of a hit. But Lawler, you know, hasn't been looking too good lately. And Pettis didn't look too good either, except when he knocked out Wonderboy Thompson. So I think Pettis versus Robbie Lawler is a good fight for the fans. I think it would be bonkers. I think it would be insanity. I think both guys would swing um, with the crazy taekwondo kicking style. Um of Anthony Pettis versus the just pushing forward, ruthless, knock your head off, boxing and slipping style of uh, Robbie Lawler, just the blood and guts. I think this could be a huge fight for the UFC in 2020. So yeah, ruthless Robbie Lawler versus Anthony Showtime Pettis at 170. Up next, it would be a fight for the strawweight championship of the world. I got Rose Namajunas, Thug Rose Namajunas versus the current reigning defending strawweight champion of the world, Weili Zhang. I think this is a great fight. This is a fight I think should have happened before they gave the fight to Joanna Janjacek at UFC 248. But, you know, Rose might be going through some stuff right now. And uh, hopefully she just comes back soon and is all healed up and ready to go. 
and uh, just ready to get back in there and try to take her belt back. But yeah, I think Rose Nama Yunus and Wei Li Zhang would be a fantastic fight in the women's strawweight division. Just in, in just with uh, the striking and the movement and the the in and out style of Thug Rose Nama Yunus, and then the just brash, amazing technical kickboxing style of Wei Li Zhang. I don't know who would win, and uh, I would love to see that fight. I think that's the best fight you could make at 115 pounds. And uh, yeah, hopefully we get that in 2020. And uh, I'm, I can't wait to see Thug Rose back. And yeah, I'm excited for whenever she does decide to make her return. Up next, the 10th fight on the list, we have the current UFC women's flyweight champion of the world, Valentina the Bullet Shevchenko versus the double champ, the current champ, both bantamweight and featherweight champion, Amanda the Lioness Nunez, number three. Valentina Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunez, three. Um, for the bantamweight championship is the next fight to make for both girls. There's no doubt about it. There's nobody else for Valentina to fight. Obviously, she's got to fight Caitlin Chukagian at UFC 247. I think she gets past her pretty easily. And then we get Nunez versus Valentina Shevchenko, maybe on the July card, considering that Valentina and Amanda Nunez were supposed to fight at UFC 213. And then she had to pull out, and the fight got pushed back to 215 because, of, like I said, Amanda Nunez had to pull out due to uh, sickness or weight-cutting issues, something like that. But I think now both girls look unstoppable. Amanda Nunes obviously has had the tougher competition, but I think Valentina Shevchenko, I scored the second fight between those two for Valentina. I think it was a close fight, but I thought Valentina edged it out when they fought at 215. And I think right now Valentina looks like a million bucks. Amanda Nunes looks like a million bucks, and this is the fight to make. So Shevchenko, Nunes, number three at 135 pounds for the title. Up next, a fight I really want to see in the bantamweight division. We've got the Sandman, Corey Sandhagen, versus the returning Dominic the Dominator Cruz. This is a great fight for bantamweight, considering that uh, Frankie Edgar ended up filling in and fighting Chan Sung Jung at the UFC fight night in Busan, South Korea, and this took the fight away from Corey Sandhagen, which was supposed to take place in Raleigh, North Carolina on January 25th. I expect Sandhagen and Dominic Cruz to fight as long as Cruz decides to make his return and come back ready to go. Um, but I think Sandhagen versus Cruz, you know, Sandhagen reminds me a little bit of Dominic Cruz with his in and out herky-jerky footwork, switching stances, you know, a lot of leg kicks up the middle, circling, switching stances constantly, and uh, making opponents miss versus the master of footwork in the UFC, probably the best footwork we've ever seen in mixed martial arts. Dominic the Dominator Cruz, the former UFC bantamweight champion. Uh, I expect this fight to happen, and I hope we get it if Dominic comes back. Cruz versus Sandhagen will probably be my fight of the year if it does end up happening. Up next, it's a fight in the, again in the bantamweight division. We've got the champion, formerly, tri formerly Triple C, now Double C, um, Henry the Messenger Cejudo versus Piotr Jan, No Mercy. This is a fight I think definitely should happen for the 135-pound title. I think that Piotr Jan has done enough to earn himself a shot at the title. If not, you got to give him one more fight. I think Garbrandt would have been a good matchup, but Garbrandt's obviously got a fight lined up against Rafaela Sunsau in uh, Ohio. I believe it's the UFC fight night in Columbus, Ohio on March, what is it, March 21st maybe? But yeah, I think Cejudo versus Peter Jan, I think that's the toughest fight you could give Cejudo to defend his 135-pound title. I think Marlon Marias was up there. Now I expect Peter Jan to uh, get a shot at the title. 
So Jan versus Cejudo. I think Jan beats Cejudo. I think he honestly runs right through him. Not to say I don't think Cejudo's a great fighter and has better wrestling and everything like that. I just think Jan's on another level right now. And I think he would uh, piece up Henry Cejudo and I think it'd be a bad night for him. But yeah, I hope we get to see this fight. Up next, another fight in the bantamweight division. This is a fight I think we should get, and it is Cody Nolove Garbrandt versus Jose Aldo Jr. Like I said, Cody Garbrandt's got to get past um, Rafael Asuncao first, and then if he does, I think Garbrandt versus Aldo at 135 is a huge fight for that bantamweight division. I would love to see it. I mean, you're telling me you don't want to see Cody Garbrandt and Jose Aldo fight it would be a great fight. You know, it would be a striking battle, both guys on the feet. If Garbrandt's able to tighten up his defense and get back to that patient style of striking and movement that he did against Dominic Cruz and use that against the Sunsau and beat him, I think he could piece up Jose Aldo. But it's a fight I definitely like to see. Both guys are strikers. Both guys have a lot of firepower. And both guys are quick. So I, would, I think Cody Garbrandt versus Jose Aldo at 135 in 2020 is an amazing fight to make. All right, guys, we're going to move to the second part because I just don't want it to cut us off. It won't be that long, but yeah, I'll catch you on the second part of this episode, guys. Peace.